everyone. All right, what's up, everyone? This is Primetime Kansas City, and on today's episode, we'll be going over Chiefs Raiders. The Chiefs might be back. They actually might be back. We'll the Chiefs are back. All right, we know John's opinion. We'll talk about all other Week 10 games. We'll look at Week 11 and give you our lock of the week and underdog of the week, and we have a race for the 10th seed, and Conzo Martin might need to be gone. I can just go ahead and say he's D4 of the week. I mean, I will yeah, spoil I that immediately. I think that's honorable. Uh, I think we can all say that he's our D4 of the week. The whole Mizzou basketball program can just be D4 of the week. Yeah, you know what? Up. That That's so ridiculous. Like, I am... <sighs> Mizzou. 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 I... Here's the problem. Can we even, like... I get that the whole conversation with firing Conzo usually is like, Oh, but we have to do like a payout. But my question is like, who the hell is gonna come to this school? Like at all? I'm just saying, if we would have yeah. done one more year of Kim Anderson, we could have Eric Musselman on Mizzou right now. I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda. It doesn't matter. Mizzou's I mean, we basketball did get one program. good year, and we lost in the round of 64 to an elite eight team, which sucked. No, we should have. Last year was the good year, and we should have won versus Oklahoma in the first round. It, the only NBA player they even have is Austin Reeves, that white dude on the Lakers. So, well, yeah. We don't have I a don't, NBA player. We have a G League player. I don't give a piss. All right. Their best player was out for that game. We should have won. But that's where, that's besides the point. Besides the point. We can get past Mizzou. We don't need to talk about those losers anymore. All right. They don't deserve our time. They're bitches. They don't, truthfully. Damn right they don't. All right. Chiefs 41, Raiders 14. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs back. Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they did a lot of great things to show that they're back. I think the one thing that I'm going to have to see is if it was the Raiders just being ignorant and playing cover three or if the Chiefs have really found a solution to cover two. Uh, but the checkdowns to Darrell Henderson were – or not Darrell Henderson, Darrell Williams, excuse me, uh, were very nice to see. He led the team in receptions, which was nice because Mahomes wasn't forcing the ball a lot. Uh, there's still some things that obviously need to be fixed, but, yeah, I mean, that was – Easily the best performance of the season. Yeah, that was that was sick. I loved it. Um, it finally felt like the normal Chiefs for once, which is pretty crazy because it's been a long while since it's felt like that. Um, mm-hmm. All things considered, I uh, I think that they're back, but we'll see. We will see. Look, th- the one thing I will say is that like pretty much all of the calls were answered. Like we asked for more running. And more not trying to shove deep shots when they're not even going right. to work. And that's what happened. And they blew him out. So, you, you, but, you know what? This game. If Williams doesn't have the catch of his career, Mahomes would have had an interception. The game might have went turned different. But Jackson kind of said in the group chat on Sunday, those are the kind of things that just weren't falling for the Chiefs. And they finally started falling for us on Sunday. And to win the Super Bowl, it takes some luck. It's not just all skill. You need some things to fall into your hands. And or I mean, Tom we're starting Brady. to see that. Well, you get a lot of stuff to fall into your hands. I mean, yeah, we're let's be to honest, the twenty the twenty nineteen Super Bowl required a lot, of great, a lot yeah. for the Chiefs. I I think you know you saw uh, Mike Hughes fumble the punt, and I was like, oh my god, like how can we still have all of these crazy like just bizarre plays happen to us? But then it finally turned when Deshaun Jackson went full Deshaun Jackson and should have had an easy walk in touchdown, and <laughs> just for some reason ran the wrong way. And Rashad Fenton came back, and that basically turned the entire game. That basically was it. The Chiefs never really looked back after that. So, 
just some of the bounces. They're going to start going our way eventually. We knew that. It couldn't always be terrible. Eventually, they had to do something. Uh, so I was very happy to see that uh, finally some of the wacky shit was happening to our opponents instead of us. Yep. We got also, special teams. special teams. Uh, we give us report. Give us report. I mean, there's no huge report. I didn't do the actual special teams, but the, the special teams playing offense did mm-hmm. a pretty good job. I mean, uh, Tommy Townsend yeah, right, had a PR rating of 118, yeah. so there's something to report about. And that's a that's a genius time to whip out a fake pun, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, what? Who? Whoever would have thought that was going to be the time you do it? I love right. it, love it. And uh, uh, got, oh. PFF gave Tommy Townsend and Patrick Mahomes the same passing grade of seventy three point three on that game. Yeah, just to put okay. that out there. Okay, look, people can say Mahomes had a good game. To be honest, it was an average game for Mahomes. Five touchdowns, yes, that's good. But Mahomes could have had a lot more. He missed a lot of passes. Look, there's still I mean, things that they're working on, but, I mean, to put up 41 points, you're kind yeah, of nitpicking I'm, I'm, at yeah. that point. It's a step in the right it, direction. Uh, I didn't really answer the question if they're back. I don't think they are. I need to see one more okay. game. I need to see well, one more game, and we get a very big game. If we can do three-quarters of what we did to the Raiders to the Cowboys, I'll say, all right, this team's back. Because the Raiders goes, are going to Raider, and they're not going to be good yeah. the entire year. So, like, Well, it goes yeah. back to what I was saying earlier in the season, is that we've played one division before last week. We'd played one division game. Like, we had not had any... The entire thing was still out there in front of us. So, it's going to come down to, yes, beating Dallas would be huge. But after the bye, you have three straight division games. You have uh, Denver at home, the Raiders at home, and then at the Chargers on a short week. Those three weeks, to me, will tell me they're back more than anything. Like, obviously, yes, this week is a huge game. It's probably the best team they have left on the schedule. But can you take care of what needs to be taken care of on a consistent weekly basis? After a bye week, Andy Reid's typically very good. So we'll see. That's going to be the stretch for me, though, that I'm going to be really paying attention to. Yep. Uh, we got a little bit of developing news. Uh, Joey Bosa is on the COVID-19 list, along with Minka Fitzpatrick and Roethlisberger. So this is in... The works to become maybe one of the worst Sunday night football games of all time. We'll get to that later. Or, or it becomes better. Who knows? We who knows? I mean, knows? you could get a very fun game. But but yeah, yeah. That's Chiefs Raiders. Uh, unless anyone has anything else to say, it was just no. A yeah, that's kicking. we're not gonna. It was. We're not really. Gonna and it was the right, talking about it. Other than it was the right time to. I agreed. The fake punt was very fun, and I think it was the right time too. I think you had them. You had your foot down their throat, and you could you went for the final punch, and you got it. And that was – I loved the play calling. I loved the aggressiveness there. Yeah, I even said it on Sunday. I said one of the first drive, it made me smile. And I don't – and I haven't been smiling a lot with this oh, no. team. And I forgot who tweeted it, but it was like – It was me. Is, oh. no, 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 this was a different tweet. Was it like – it was I think it was uh, Tom Martin, I believe. I, I have to double-check that, but it I said – uh, It wasn't like that. I think it said uh, like every time the Chiefs like get the football and start running down the field with it, like I'm just like basically like petrified and waiting for a fumble. He's like, "Is this what parenthood is?" <laughs> like every time, it's still like I still get nervous. Kelsey is running every time. Demarcus is running with the ball. I still legit have PTSD from the first half of the season of just every single time they got the ball, they would fumble. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go into week ten. Ravens, Dolphins, upset of the week probably. 22-10, Dolphins. Like I said, yeah. oh, shoot, forgot to say, guys, we have an interview with Tucker Franklin. <laughs> we just recorded yeah. it, somehow we forgot it. 
Uh, we talk a little bit about the Ravens and how they should be under 500, but I think the Ravens are starting to show their true colors. They barely can beat Minnesota. They lost to a Dolphins team. I think the league's starting to figure out Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't say that. I think it's more of a case of what's going on with the Chiefs earlier in the season is that they're getting different looks and they are trying to adjust to it on the fly, which we saw is very difficult to do. Uh, cover zero is what the, the Ravens are really seeing. They're a lot different from what the Chiefs are. They're basically saying, all right, Lamar, we'll send eight, we'll send uh, seven, and uh, you're not going to be able to scramble and get out of the pocket because we're just going to get after you immediately. And so it's presenting an obvious challenge. That's what happened in the Bengals game when they got beat badly, and that's what happened in this Dolphins game when they got beat pretty badly. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think Lamar Jackson is ever going to be figured out until he simply just is not as athletic as he is. But, yeah, Baltimore's definitely got a challenge presenting itself to them, and we'll see how they adjust. John, do you have anything on that game? No, Baltimore sucks. All right, Saints, Titans. (laughs) 21-23. The one question that comes from this game, can Trevor Simeon actually bring the Saints team to the playoffs? John? Playoffs potentially. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, John. I was gonna say no, I, I don't know. I mean, I would say probably not. Um, they they played all right on Sunday. Uh, it's just it's Trevor Simeon, man. Like, that's where it's hard for me to get by because at the end of the day, it's Trevor Simeon. Um they do narrowly lose to a pretty good Titans team, though, so I have to give them yeah. credit for that. Um, we'll see. I, I think we have to see a little more. But, I mean, I will say Jameis Winston's been doing fine, so obviously you don't have to be that great of a quarterback to do well for the Saints right now. So, yeah, we'll see. Jackson, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, I, I just think that they made a pretty big mistake not bringing in Cam Newton. I think, you know, that's oh, yeah. I know it's I know it's and, a backseat-driver-type view, but uh, opinion, but... I really just think, like, you don't have a better answer right now. And, like, what on earth are you paying Taysom Hill over $20 million this year for if this isn't his time to step in and play? Like, what is his what is his role? If you're not – you don't pay him to be a gadget guy. You, no gadget guy should get that much money. No. So it's utterly confusing what they're doing right now because coming into the season, well, Taysom Hill was – yeah, but it's still not – they're still paying him this year. Like, he's still making, I believe, like $25 million this season. So why are you not using him? I I don't understand it. And coming into the season, the QB battle was between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. So when Jameis Winston goes down, shouldn't Taysom Hill naturally be the guy who steps in? I just don't really see what's going on there. Yeah, if you're paying him that, it doesn't make sense. You don't trust him to fill in as your quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's not even the best like gadget player in the NFL either. Like Cordell yeah. Patterson is much better than him. Um, yeah, no, that's that. That is an interesting thing that I haven't even thought of. But that is weird for the Saints. I gotta say though, Sean Payton's been doing a pretty damn good job this year, working with what he has. Yeah, I will say that. All right, Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's get on to some more games. Bills, Jets, forty-five, seventeen. Bills. Mike White error is done. Done. Lions <laughs> Steelers sixteen all. If Matt Campbell was going, or if Dan Campbell was going to win one game, it was going to be this game. I don't think this it Lions so team close. is winning a game. They'll win one. That trust me. They're, with the NFL this year, they will win one. Yeah, they'll win one. It won't make sense either, but they will win one. They'll probably beat the Titans for all we know. Wait, they they, they play them. They, I'm just telling you, they're they've played way too many close games. One of these, they're going to win. What if they beat the Packers, Jackson? 
That's actually possible because they play week 18, and if Green Bay's got everything locked up and they can't either move down or up, they might just play their backup. So that is actually possible. All right. Jaguars, Colts, Jackson lost. Uh, you, you lost your loss. Lock of the week, 23-17. to 17. Yeah. Colts are 500. Yeah. They're back to 500. I think this is a good Colts team that people need to watch out for. They've had a couple tough losses. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, they're starting to get their team back together because they didn't even have Quinn Nelson. For the first for a while, yeah. and like we said, coming into the season, there was not a team with a harder schedule to start the year. Yeah. They had Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. Like, geez, if we knew if they could get out of that, they'd probably be okay. And that, and you're seeing it right now. Now they're not going to win the division, but they could get a wild card. Yeah. Uh, next game, Bucks football team, twenty nine nineteen. Uh, what's his name? Gets his revenge. I- Heineke. Heineke. Heineke gets his revenge against Tom Brady. I'm going to declare it right now. Tampa is not making it back to the Super Bowl. It's not happening. I don't care how hot of a take you think. You might not even think that's hot. But Tom Brady somehow always gets a magic horseshoe stuck up his ass in the playoffs. It's not happening this year. It's not happening this year. All I'm, right. All right. Whatever. Whatever. I was going to say, whatever, this happens whatever. every single year where people are like – for when the Chiefs lose another Super Bowl to the No, Buccaneers. it doesn't because last Ford, year I was Ford teleports back to the Chiefs and screws us again. <laughs> last year I was saying the Bucks were like going to get lucky and win. This year they're not, and I'll give it a pretty obvious reason why. They are a terrible road team. A year ago when they had to go on the road in the playoffs, one it wasn't a big deal because there was no fans, but two they were a good road team last year. In the regular season they had more home uh, road wins than home wins. Well, this year that is not the case. They are one and three on the road. They're undisciplined as hell, and it just—I don't know. Unless Gronk and AB come back and just go nuclear for them, there's no way Which they're making they it back to the Super were. Bowl. I know, but you're the odds of them getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs is very slim. Now I oh, know it's—it's yeah. it's wrong to ever judge or try and you know go against Brady's luck, but I just don't think Tampa can make it back. Uh, I don't know. Every single time someone says, oh, Brady's not going to make it back, he always makes it back. I know, but I just don't think it happens. And a very good win, Browns-Patriots. Patriots 45, Browns 7. John, your Bucks-Patriots Super Bowl actually might happen. It's going to happen. The, the Patriots are damn good. Um, They're damn good. <laughs> they are pro- – I don't think – I think that's the team that will beat the Chiefs in the playoffs this year, actually. Um, I fully expect that. Uh, so yeah, they're tricky and Matt Jones is looking pretty solid for them. He's kind of doing exactly what I said, just being Tom Brady. So playing post quarterback and winning games by doing so. Is it wild to say Mac Jones is, is it wild to say Mac Jones is offensive rookie of the year this year? No, No. he's he's second. I mean, Jamar Chase, him and yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's been plus 110. Mac Jones is plus 125. So. He's been unbelievably good. So, I mean, we kind of saw this coming, too, because the New England system's really not that complicated. Uh, so, yeah, though, New England's a hell of a team. And Cleveland, it just goes I, – I was on train, don't pay Baker 30, plus 30 million. Now I'm on train, just don't pay him at all. You have to move off of Baker. The guy is way too limited. All right. Uh, all right, let's get into the next game. Cowboys-Falcons, 34. 30- 43-3 Cowboys, Panthers-Cardinals, 34-10. Cam Newton is back and is getting first-team reps to play against his old head coach, Ron Rivera. 
Is Cam yeah, Newton no. going to be a Panther for a while? Cam. No, uh, I think it's hilarious. Here's the thing that I thought was hilarious. They're paying Teddy Bridgewater still, who was supposed to be Cam Newton's replacement. They're paying Sam Darnold still, who was supposed to be Cam Newton's replacement to Teddy Bridgewater's replacement. And now they're paying Cam Newton again. It's gone full circle. Uh, I think Cam Newton's clearly going to be there the rest of the year and be the starter. Uh, and potentially in the future. I don't know. John, do you have any thoughts on Cam Newton and the Panthers? Uh, I do. Hang on. Um, yes, so that is probably the most interesting thing to happen this weekend. Um, I think it's cool that he's back. I think it's kind of funny that he's playing the football team next week because they kind of they kind of said they prefer Tyler Taylor Hineke to him. Um, yeah. Ron Rivera clearly does not want more Cam Newton in his life, um, and I guess I can't necessarily say I blame him, but if I'm Cam yeah. Newton, I'm going in there with the fire. He very well could start out his Panthers career 2-0 and and maybe start trying to make a playoff push. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. I mean, they are a wild card team already, so. The seven seed in the NFC is going to be up for grabs. Every other yeah. seed's tough, but that seven, that that extra spot that now exists, that is up for grabs like, completely. Five hundred teams in it. Well, I mean, so yeah. So is and the and AFC. and Carolina's a good team when their quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, that's basically what it is. Sam Darnold was literally just losing them games. So now that you have a quarterback that's not just killing your own team. I think they definitely have a shot to make the postseason now. Well, everyone on that team just looked happy when he was playing. So I think I think the Panthers are in good hands. That, I mean, the reason Cam didn't work out towards then was he was just injury prone. So if he can yeah. stay healthy, I mean, this Panthers team will be good. We know what he can do. Next up, Vikings, Cardinals, 27-20. Chargers lose yet again. I think that's two out of three losses. And I called it because their run defense is ass. And Herbert hasn't played well, let's be honest. Herbert has struggled mightily, but no one's really talking about it. Sorry, that is actually three out of four for losses. Yeah, the only team that beats Philly. And they beat them by on a last-second field goal. Yep. So, Chargers are done. All right. Seahawks-Packers, Packers 17, Seahawks 0. Was it too early for Russell Wilson to come back? You could argue that, but at the same time, the Seahawks season basically is – before that game and definitely after that game, you kind of have to go win almost every game left. So I'm sure there was a, you know, that immense pressure to get back and win. Uh, you know, I think things will be all right for Seattle. None of that team played well on Sunday, except defensively they did for a while until the end. Uh, yeah, to me, it definitely is early for Russell to come back, but I would still take an injured Russell Wilson over Geno Smith. So I don't blame him. John, do you think the Seahawks yeah. team makes the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, they have a very difficult climb in front of them in a difficult division where the Niners look like they have a little more life than we might have previously thought with them. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to finish towards the bottom in the NFC West. Um, they have a chance still to fix things, but the thing you have to remember with them is that they are really never a super well-rounded team. So even getting Russ back might not solve the problems that they have in the first place. So... We'll see. They still have a shot. They're probably going to have to get to like nine and eight, ten and seven. Yeah, we'll see probably what nine gets and eight. There. So maybe yeah. even eight and nine depends. See, right. yeah, uh, I don't know. The Seahawks seems interesting. They have the pieces. We know they can make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll make a run even if they make the playoffs. Next up, Eagles, Broncos. Mm -hmm. Eagles thirty, Broncos thirteen. The real Broncos are starting to show themselves. And on Monday Night Football, an ass kicking. 
49ers, Rams, Ram, or 49ers, 31, Rams, 10. This Rams but team. But the Rams so are good. going all in. But they're going all in. I'm telling Look. you, even with this loss, I still think this is a really good Rams team. You can't. Oh, just, they're good. Yeah. I don't know. But I here's, don't. But here's the, here's the thing with them, though, is they threw their entire future away for this year. Yeah. Which is so like, it's just, all or nothing. It's a stupid thing to do, first of all. you They have one draft pick. That is, I don't give a shit what you're, you, that is stupid, no matter how you want to slice it. But yeah, they, uh, they have to win this year. There's no other way. And Robert Woods tearing his ACL is a lot bigger of a deal than people will make it out to be. He was easily their best, second best wide receiver, and he's easily better than Odell right now. Yeah. John, do you have anything on the Rams? No, I don't. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're nothing that you guys didn't say, pretty much. All right. Uh, that will conclude week 10. Before we get to week 11, we are going to give you our interview with Tucker Franklin of KC Sports Network. Talk a lot about the Chiefs' win against the Raiders. That's why we really didn't kind of dive in too much in this Raiders game. But, yeah, let's get to that right now. One. All right. We now welcome on a, a special guest. It is Tucker Franklin, uh, a Northwest alumni as a I go to Northwest. Uh, he's on Casey Sports Network. You used to work with Sports Illustrated, correct? Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. For the Chiefs. So, as people can assume, this is probably going to be a full Chiefs interview. So, before we dive into any of this, uh, what were your thoughts on the Sunday's game against the Raiders? Man, it was good to see Patrick Mahomes go out and ball out like he usually does. Uh, it really seemed like a return to normalcy. I, I don't know about you guys, but... Watching that game, like after that game, everything just felt right. You know, it's just like, okay, everything's back to normal. Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdown passes. The defense played really well. Beating the Raiders, not only beating the Raiders, but like running it up on the Raiders. Like, yeah, all is right with the world again. And I like to live in a world where Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And he showed it uh, on Sunday. Do you think that that is something going forward that they're going to keep playing? Obviously, they're not going to win every game by that much. But do you think going forward that they've figured this out and they fixed things? Or was that just kind of – I'm guessing what I'm asking is do you need to see more or are you kind of convinced that this is all going to be all right and they fixed it up? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good question because I, I think that when you look at what the Raiders ran, Gus Bradley's a, a notorious cover three guy who likes to run uh, with a cover three defense. He was actually with the Chargers just before he was with the Raiders this year when they did the whole coaching turnover in uh, Los Angeles. He moved on to uh, Las Vegas, and and he played a lot of cover three against, against Patrick Mahomes, and we've seen a lot this year. The cover two, two high safeties has worked really well against Patrick Mahomes, and he did play some two high stuff, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs did – beat some too high stuff so i think that that's kind of a positive sign to see that patrick holmes kind of getting his swagger back that was kind of a big big uh phrase used after the game is she's kind of got their swagger back travis kelsey did the uh you know the little vine of the kid who was doing yeah. the i think i got my swagger back it so that's really <laughs> fun to see those guys yeah. having a good time so i think they do have a little bit of a confidence going into probably the biggest game of their season so far yeah, so another thing I just want to talk about is, I guess it's kind of been overshadowed by Mahomes coming back so well, but the defense also showing some tangible improvements the last three yeah. weeks. Obviously, you know, the Packers game, maybe not the most impressive, but the Giants have looked better recently. How impressive has just that that improvement been by them? I think it's been huge, and I think Traverius Ward is actually a pretty big part about that. And, and, and look, Legereus Sneed has been balling out. He's been playing 
uh, insanely good in the open field. His open field tackling is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, hats off to Brett Veach for finding him in the third round. He's, I think, Rashad Fitton is is uh, PFF's highest graded corner right now. Um, and then you also have uh, Charvarius Ward as well. Like that's like he's your number three corner right now, according to like some people. And C Ward was the number one corner on the Super Bowl team. Uh, so you're, <laughs> I think that the corner plays really helped the Chiefs defense get to where it is right now. Coverage obviously helping the pass rush. The pass rush is helping the coverage. Um, and getting seeing those guys on the front line on the on that defensive line really get after it has been really promising and 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 great to see. Chris Jones man had a hell of a game he swatting those balls to Kimbe Mutombo in them out of the air uh sending Derek Carr to the block party he's a little he's a little upset too when he got pulled out of the game once so like okay let's get the subs in he's like man I didn't want to come out but it's good to see him him get in there get in the mix a little bit more so this defense has been uh, has been really great and it was about this time I believe in 2019 when the Chiefs defense really turned it around remember they kind of lost that game to the Titans after Patrick Mahomes first came back and then they're like okay they really figured it out from then on out. And it was kind of, a, I think, at the same point of the season in, in 2019. So I, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic, I should say. Through the first six, seven weeks, it wasn't looking good. And now we've talked about Mahomes maybe getting his swagger back and the whole Chiefs getting his swagger back. But now we actually get Clyde edwards Lair back more than likely this week. Do you think the Chiefs should try to force Edward Zolaire into this game plan or should they keep with the Williams Gore running attack because I mean it's shown that it's been working these past three weeks yeah I really like Darrell Williams I've always been I don't know if you want to call me a Darrell Williams truther I don't want to go that far uh, but I thought the guy's been a pretty good running back and, and his story of being the number two running back in the state he's from Louisiana and always wanting to go to LSU as a kid and the number one running back in the state who just so happened to be Leonard Fournette committed to LSU and he's still committed to LSU. He knew that he wasn't shying away from the competition there. He was an undrafted free agent. He chose to come to the Chiefs. The Chiefs drafted Clyde Bertolaire. He didn't choose to go anywhere else. He re-signed with the Chiefs. He's not afraid of competition and that honestly makes him better. And you've seen him go up and march, moss some, uh, I, I forgot who, John Abrams. How can I forget that guy? That guy's the worst. Um, goes up and mosses him, and you see him have some of these iconic runs the Chiefs have had, too. He was pretty important in the Chiefs' playoff run with uh, Damian Williams as well. Uh, even last year, he was pretty important. We're getting a, lot, a, a big workhorse back who's a really good north and south runner, I think a little bit better than Clyde is. Clyde can make guys miss with that uh, spin move he, he do, does to the interior of the field, but um, I really do like Darrell Williams a whole lot. And and I think what, what he adds is that the Chiefs don't have to rush him back. I know it'd be fun for the Chiefs to have all those guys back, right, and, and have their full arsenal back. But they've been doing pretty well. And, and Gore's played all right. I, I've been pleasantly surprised with him. Um, I, now, I think if you really get Darrell Williams and Clyde Ridgeler going at the same time, that's gonna be that's gonna be something tough to defend once the once the Chiefs really get things going with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's been pretty widely debated amongst Chiefs fans this season with the Chris Jones move to D end, and he's played you know some nose, but a lot of D end this year. I just wanted to see your opinion on that. Do you think the Chiefs are a better defense with him at D end or at nose tackle? I think I think they're probably better with him on the interior. If you think about it, and, and this is kind of how I've thought about it. 
Uh, Chris Jones really causes a problem for a guard more than he causes a problem for a tackle. Uh, just because his, his his quick moves, he makes he makes his money. He's made his money, I should say, by these quick inside moves, and those don't really work on tackles very well because they're used to those things. And he's not as quick as like a let's say a Von Miller or or another premier edge pass rusher. Max Crosby's faster than him. I, I think Max Crosby's one of the best pass rushers in the game, and Andrew Wiley oh, yeah. kind of quieted him a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think that's something to talk about here later. But I think that once you get him on the same side as Frank Clark, that's so hard for offensive linemen to say, okay, I've got to stay with Frank Clark. You've got to stay with Chris Jones. And like, there's no help there. The center can't come over and help very well, especially if he's in a three tech and Chris Jones or and Frank Clark's on the outside. And then you add Melvin Ingram into that mix too. Oh man, that's just a nightmare for for these uh, the offensive lines to try to scheme up and block against. Because then you're going to have Chris Jones against a running back too. So, no. Uh, I think that he's best utilized on the inside because he can take his speed is is much more of a use against these interior guards and, and centers. I think it, it looks a lot better against those guys. So I wanted to ask about the O line as well. They didn't start the year off necessarily as as like impressive as people wanted, but I think we're starting to see the pieces come into place. And I mean, like I think another thing that gets uh, lost in this conversation is that the depth has been very nice for the Chiefs this year. Wiley and Remmers have delivered solid performances when they've needed to be uh, stepping in. So just how impressive have you been with the O-line play as a whole? Yeah, I was, you know, I think this is something that's not talked about a whole lot just because of how the, how the Super Bowl ended last year for mm-hmm. the Chiefs. But I, I think they have, they've always had really good depth. If you think about it, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl with essentially their third string offensive line. Uh, if mm-hmm. you think about it before even Schwartz went out and Fisher went out, they were, on their last legs because Calicio Simile went out, then they were playing with Nick Allegretti at left guard. Uh, they, they, it was a whole Mod Podge group, but they still have kept that depth. And they like guys that can play at different positions along the offensive front. That's why, you know, Andrew Wiley has stayed on this roster is that he's a good guard and a good tackle as well. Um, I think that that's kind of the versatility that Dave Tobe, and, and not only Dave Tobe, but the whole Chiefs organization likes to see. You talk about versatility. LeJerry Sneed played safety in college, and now he's playing cornerback and is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, so they're, they're, the Chiefs are very good at finding this talent that's not only um, very solid at their main position, but can play multiple positions. Tyron Matthew the same way is a really good slot corner when he needs to be. Um, but I think that going back to the offensive line, man, maybe Chiefs fans were a little overzealous, possibly, with how good this offensive line could be because it's tough to, to mesh like that. Orlando mm. Brown came from a system that it was very run heavy and he was going to a very pass heavy offense. Uh, Joe Tooney, you know, he's been the the epitome of consistent. That's what he has been his whole career. Very solid, very consistent. You don't notice him. And that's really what the Chiefs needed on that offensive front. He always shows up. He played a he played a game with a broken hand. Um, so, I mean, that, that dude's a, an animal. Creed Humphrey's been possibly the r- rookie of the year in the AFC. Um, just the ways he's played has been very impressive. Trey Smith has to be the steal of the draft in the sixth round. Look, when we were doing the draft coverage for Sports Illustrated, I had him graded as a second-round pick, just talent-wise. Um, when we were going over, I was well aware of, of Trey Smith well before the draft started. His tape was insane, and we see it every Sunday. Trey Smith is burying a dude and baptizing him 10 feet under. Um, he does it on a consistent basis. And 
when it comes to Wiley too, Wiley's Wiley's a good tackle. I, I or he's a he's a good guard, but he's a serviceable tackle, I should say. Um, I think that's kind of what some people struggle with too, and with Andrew Wiley is that, that he's your Super Bowl left tackle. I like to bring that up kind of as a joke sometimes, but uh, I think that he's got the experience and he can step in when you need to. I like Mike Rimmers at right tackle personally. Um, I think he's a fine right tackle. I think he's a, he's a good tackle at that. And, and I really want to see Lucas Niang kind of get, get better off of this rib injury, tough injury to kind of rehab from as an offensive lineman and, and, and adjust to, to the to the speed of this game i mean this is his rookie year he was drafted in 2020 opted out obviously uh but you've got him coming into this year as a rookie and not really understanding the chiefs offense as, as much as it was but he was really mauling dudes in the run game and it's a very run heavy chiefs offensive line and i think it's done a really good job in these past few weeks of understanding pass protections and and getting on the same page as patrick Mahomes. Uh, staying on the offensive side, we've uh, recently signed Josh Gordon. He hasn't really gotten going. Odell Beckham Jr.'s name was in the air in the past couple weeks. When you look at this team right now and in the offseason, do you think their mindset is still to get that number uh, two wide receiver that they might go after in the draft, or do you think they might go in free agency to try to sign them, or are you hoping, or do you think that they're still hoping that McCole Hardman can develop into that number two? <sighs> That's a good question. I ask myself this a lot. Um, I think that um, I think I would want them to address it free agency. We've seen the Chiefs uh, go for the proven commodity over the kind of the unknown when you come when you talk about the the draft and and you saw that with Orlando Brown. You saw that with Frank Clark really and those two deals. I think the Orlando Brown deal is a little bit more palatable than the Frank Clark deal is. Um, but I will say. Uh, Brett Veach is going to go after a guy, I think, a free agency. I don't think that that the Chiefs are going to try to draft a guy again. I think the McCall Hardman experiment was it was that it was an experiment. Uh, I you'd have to think that they thought they were going to lose Tyreek Hill with all that stuff going on, yeah. so they traded up to get that guy. And he's a guy that doesn't really fit the offense because he's like Tyreek Hill. Um, so you start looking at it that way and you're just like, oh, that's kind of tough. So they're just kind of trying to make, uh, you know, just trying to get as much juice out of the squeeze as they can with, with McCool Harbin. And we've seen, you know, the gadget plays with McCool Harbin. That's what he is though. McCool Harbin's a gadget player. There's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of gadget players around the league. Cordell Patterson has made a career of it. So I just think he has to lean into it and embrace it. Just getting those, these end around plays and maybe dive for a pylon when you're close to it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that they'll go for a wide receiver and free agency, but listen, there's, there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. And last draft too was probably a historic wide receiver class. Um, just with the amount of talent they had, I was a little frustrated. They wait until the sixth round to pick a, a wide receiver and they picked Cornell Powell, uh, who's I believe still in the practice squad right now. But um, I, I think that they need to go get somebody who's a proven commodity that can take some of this pressure off of Travis Kelsey because that dude's taking a beating. Yeah. So kind of sticking on the receiver question, kind of a double-sided question. One, do you think Josh Gordon this season will ever emerge as a target, maybe a two, maybe a three, but just a target in general, because right now he has one catch. And the second part of that question is if he does not, can they win a Super Bowl with the current guys that they have on that uh, wide receiver core? Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's it's hard with Josh Gordon because I think Josh Gordon brings to the table kind of similarly what Sammy Watkins did in the sense of uh, you just have to acknowledge him. You have to put a guy on him. He hasn't really been open as I've watched the tape back. It's like, okay, there's Josh Gordon. Okay, he's not getting open. Like he, if Patrick Mahomes would try to throw him the ball there, it wouldn't have went well. And kind of situations like that. So it's it's kind of it's kind of tough to say like, oh, is this Josh Gordon's fault? I don't think entirely it's Josh Gordon's fault. You know, Andy Reid's offense is hard for receivers to learn. Uh, that's well known around the league. But if he likes to have receivers know all three positions between the slot and the X, the Y, and the Z, so I think that those are all really interesting factors to take into consideration when thinking about this Josh Gordon situation. I think they can, like we saw on Sunday, the chiefs were able to to put up some big numbers against the Raiders team. Now, granted the Raiders aren't world beaters by any means. They're not contenders. So I think they will need somebody to step up at least if Josh Gordon isn't going to, but I think Patrick Mahomes has proven he can get it done with the guys he's got. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to talk about the schedule coming up too. I mean, pretty massive game this weekend going into the bye week. And then if you look at the six games after that, definitely the easier portion of the Chiefs' schedule. So do you have uh, expectations for them going through that? Because they could definitely, you know, go on a similar run to the one that they went on in 2019. Yeah, I think that we see a lot of parallels with this season and that season, um, especially with kind of the struggling early. I was at that Texans game that they lost in, mm-hmm. in 2019. Oh, my goodness. That was, yeah, that was terrible. Um, and I was sitting by a Texans fan who made it all worse. But um, I, So I think that there are a lot of parallels here. I'm trying not to get too excited, right? It, this, this season's been a real roller coaster, I think, for every team in the NFL because this has been just a, a super weird season. Um, so I'm not, I'm not counting the Chiefs out by any means. They got Patrick Mahomes, especially if they find a way to get into the playoffs, which I think they will. They're in a playoff spot right now. Um, if they get into the playoffs, I'm always going to put my money on Patrick Mahomes because good quarterbacks win games in the playoffs. That's just, that's simply what it is. Um, that's why Tom Brady has been where he is for a long time. He wins games in the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes has proven he can win games in the playoffs because he's the, the, the only thing the chiefs know with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback is the AFC championship game. He has not been to, he has not been eliminated earlier in his career, which is quite crazy to think about. Um, so I think Patrick Holmes still has the juice to get him there to win a Super Bowl could be tough. Look, I mean, the Rams just made a few moves to go all in and they, I mean, they signed a free agent who was basically pennies on the dollar, but, um, an OBJ, but I think, man, I think they can go toe to toe with any of these teams. Like you mentioned, this Cowboys game is going to be a good measuring stick game. This is a, this is a litmus test game. And I think that Titans game earlier this season was a litmus test game too. Like, okay. Let's see what you got. That's coming off a good game against, you know, the Washington football team in the second half. They they had a good run. The Chiefs did. And it kind of all fell apart against the Titans. And so this is going to be a really good test because I think that I think the Cowboys are legit. I think the Cowboys are for real, especially with the Rams kind of sputtering, stuttering, uh, bumbling here recently. So I'm really excited for this game. I, I do think that, you know, if the Chiefs can really cap off this no loss November, what we've been talking about at KCSN. Um, they've got a real shot at, at maybe running the table if they get some cards, some chips to fall their way. Lady Luck to be on their side. How they get how the draw all falls in the playoffs, they could make some noise. Well, you kind of talked about it with that. Mahomes has always been the AFC Championship. Excuse me, he's only lost to one quarterback, and that's arguably the best quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. So I mean, when you look at it, 
Mahomes isn't afraid of any challenge, and not even Brady, because, I mean, we've seen that he can beat Brady. But when you look at these AFC quarterbacks, do you think there's any quarterbacks that will start to catch up to the talent that Mahomes has that will cause that, like, Brady versus Mahomes, like, playoff vibe that can, like, kind of get Chiefs fans nervous for a playoff matchup? The pe- people want to build Josh Allen to that, and I think Josh Allen m- maybe deserved it a little bit because he did beat uh, the Chiefs at Arrowhead, and that was a big win for the Bills. But I mean, they lost nine to six to the Jaguars, so I don't to Urban Meyer hear... more importantly, right, right to a to a very poor Jaguars organization as a whole. Um, mm. But I I don't think that you can just. Uh, see, this season's been so weird because of that. The Chiefs get absolutely torched by the Bills. They look like uh, a minor league team is what the the Chiefs look like. And then they go out and lose to the Jaguars, who are actually a minor league team. So it's just like so confusing to, to try to judge and try to predict anything because the parity in this league is, is quite – quite incredible i don't know if you see it in any other sport um how (laughs) any given sunday is what they say and man it's it's certainly true but yeah that's i when you said that patrick Mahomes only lost to one quarterback in tom brady i was like wait was that is that true and i was like oh my gosh he's only lost to tom brady in the playoffs that's quite amazing to think about and tom's the dude tom's legit but yeah i i think that they'll try to build josh allen to be that guy that's still the uh the the Peyton Manning to the Tom Brady, if if you're picking up when I'm laying down there, but um, I think that they'll say, "Oh, this is this is it, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes," but it it's not. Don't let them fool you. So to kind of stay on that topic, uh, assuming the Chiefs will be in the postseason, which I think at this point it looks like they're going to be able to at least get one of the seven spots. What is one team that you think would give them the most trouble? Is it Tennessee again? Is it Buffalo again? Maybe Baltimore? I mean, they've lost to all three, but which one do you think gives them the hardest time in January? That's really interesting. Uh, I think that the Chiefs were right there against the Ravens. So I'm not really worried against the Ravens. They're a fumble away from winning that game. Right. Um, they were on. Yeah, they were on the way to kick a field. The Ravens could be under 500 if you really look at their schedule. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, I totally I agree with that. And the Bills, man, they've been so hot and cold. That's the thing with the Bills is like you catch them on a good day, I guess. And like maybe, maybe you're maybe you're out, maybe you're not. The Titans, I, I'm still not convinced the Titans are good. And I know that kind of sounds weird, but like they've had Derrick Henry out and they've still won games. But like I just don't know. I just don't feel it. Like they just don't have that vibe that they're good, but maybe I should just, you know, shut my mouth. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think the chiefs could honestly hang in there with all those teams. And it's just like, ends up being like, okay, which way is the ball going to bounce? Cause to win a championship, you've got to have some luck. The chiefs had some luck in 2019. Uh, they got the, they got a bye week uh, because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that basically they missed out on Tom Brady and that <laughs> propelled him to a Super Bowl, essentially. So they got, they you fell into a little bit of luck, and the Chiefs were probably going to have to fall into a little bit of luck again this year. John, do you got anything? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I'm good. I think you have the question if you want to ask right. the question. So, Tucker, uh, I know you, I'm pretty sure I asked you this whenever uh, we did a Zoom call up at Northwest, I, I believe. But. Every guest we have on, we have to ask them this one question just to tally up the votes. Who do you believe that would win in a fight? 30 10-year-olds or one Conor McGregor? Oh, wow. Um, 30 30 10-year-olds? 30 10-year-olds, and they get five minutes to plan, and then it's recess. It's recess rules. 
<laughs> the five uh, minutes are not going to matter. I still don't know why we include that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I say then you can at least maybe get one big brain to say, all right, if we get seven people going them out each direction, there's a chance. I, think, I don't know. I, man, that's a law of large numbers thing at that point, right? Exactly. Um, but I, th- I think that's kind of where my first thought is. But like the other one, it's like it's Conor McGregor, dude. Um, but I th- I've got to go with the 10 year olds. Probably. Yes. I think, yeah. I think if you overwhelm them, man, it's going to be hard. I don't care who you are. It's tough. All it yes. takes is one nut shot and then he's down. 30 of them. Holy cow. I used Someone's to substitute do something team. a little illegal in the UFC. So you're right. Yeah. All right. Fun. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, well, hey, if you're going to give me a little pitch, I guess I'll head it out of the park then. There you go. Uh, make sure to go follow KC Sports Network at KC Sports Network on Twitter. Uh, we have a Substack. It's kcsn.substack.com. If you don't know what a Substack is, it's basically an email newsletter. You go and it, there's a free subscription along with a paid subscription. You get some bit more premium content. The guys there that I'm with, Kent Swanson, Craig Stout, Maddie Land. If you're a Chiefs fan and you don't follow them, you should follow them because they are very uh, good football minds. They write about what they see, and they they review the film at least three times is what, how much they watch the film before they even write anything about it. So um, go give them a follow on on social. You'll, you'll find all their stuff in the KC Laboratory. We're doing podcasts every day, so you can go subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel as well. KC Sports Network, and you can go find us wherever you find your podcast. KC Sports Network, we've got Mike Allen and Jeff DeVito doing a podcast, a couple of former Chiefs there. Uh, we've got, uh, I mentioned uh, Matt and Craig and Kent do the KC Laboratory. I'm on a podcast with former Chiefs reporter BJ Kissel and uh, former New Orleans Saints Super Bowl champion Nick Leckie, two time All American and uh, Remington Award finalist, two time um, for the. Uh, Nick Lucky did that at K State, so um, very good network. We got a lot of guys on there, former athletes. If you enjoy the college side of the game too, we've got Martin Rucker and uh, Tommy Saunders doing a podcast from Mizzou. I believe they're going to have Gary Pinkle on their podcast this week, so might want to go subscribe to that one. And we also have a K State podcast as well with John Kurtz and Aaron Lockett. We had Tyler Lockett on that show, the very first episode, and we're starting up a Border War basketball podcast with Jeff Hawkins and Jared Sutton. That'll be talking about Missouri and Kansas. We're going to be in Lawrence for the first game since, I believe, 2013 uh, that the that the Missouri Tigers and Kansas Jayhawks have played. So we're super excited to get that one going. Basketball season's just around the corner. So just find that wherever you find your podcast, KC Sports Network. All right. We appreciate you coming on, Tucker. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks. All right. Thank you to Tucker for that interview with us. Once again, if you guys want to go check out all Kansas City Sports uh, podcast news, like Tucker said, KC Sports Network is the answer for all that. Let's get into week 11. We've got, we got a big week. Uh, for underdog of the week, John's kind of running away with lock of the week. John might have a secret like hack. I don't know. You might have found a recipe. Yeah. We'll a see, recipe. I think it's given myself a little too much power. I feel yeah. like it'll might backfire on me. Yeah, John has more power, but let's look at lock of the week standings. Jackson's four and six. I am five and five. John is eight and two. Underdog of the week. Jackson and I are both four and five. John is five and four. Thursday night football. Patriots. Falcons. Pats minus seven. Jackson, who are we going with? Uh, yeah, this one's tough. Um. I actually will go ahead and do Falcons underdog of the week. Uh, 
I do think a rookie quarterback on the road in a short week is a bad recipe. Seven points is a lot. I'm not going to lock this, but I, I will go underdog of the week for Atlanta here. Coming off a terrible performance, they're going to want to get back and make things right. So I do think Atlanta underdog of the week here isn't a bad pick. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Mac Jones, even when he plays a bad game, the Patriots, their worst loss is eight points, eight or nine. They always stay there, stay within one possession. And when it comes down to one possession games, if it's the Patriots and Falcons, I'd rather have Matt Ryan, but I don't think it's going to be a one possession game. So give me the Patriots. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, I'm not going to lock anybody, though. All right. Ravens, Bears, Ravens minus six and a half. Yeah, this one's interesting. Chicago coming off a bye. Uh, it's a lot of points. I, I, If I were to pick one, I would do Chicago six and a half. I like them in this on the line, but I'm not locking anything. I think the Ravens win a narrow game. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, Justin Fields looked very promising in those last couple drives on Monday Night Football, which is when we last saw him against the Steelers. And going up against a good yeah. Ravens team... I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game like Jackson said. Give me the Ravens, but I wouldn't be shocked if this Bears team wins. Yeah, I honestly thought about going Bears underdog with their bye week here, but I am going to not do that. I will pick the Bears, though. All right. Next up is Lions-Browns. Browns minus 10. I just neither of these teams deserve anything from me, so I'm just gonna say Browns win, and I'm not gonna pay attention to the line. Yeah, I was honestly thinking about messing with Lions plus ten for lock of the week, but I'm not going to. Give me the Browns. <sighs> you know what? Screw it. I'll go Lions underdog of the week. Yeah, I'm feeling it. That's that's bold. If John wins yeah. this, he's going to go undefeated for the rest of the year and not lock the week, I feel like. I know he's not right. underdog, but let's go to the next game. Packers-Vikings, Packers minus two and a half. Ones were off. This is when you, yes. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm going to take the Packers, and I'm going to let one of y'all lock this in. I'm not doing it. John, what do you want to do? You're up. Do what you're going to do. Do your thing. Well, see, I like a different line. But this line's too good not to – it's too good to pass up on. And, and then pick it if you got to pick it. I know. And the thing is, I feel like this one's better, but I don't want to go for the easy ones. I'm just going to go Packers. I'm not going to touch it. Ooh. Shit. All right. Yeah, I'll go Packers lock of the week. I'll do that. Two and a half in Minnesota. The Vikings usually don't like do a ton against the Packers. Um, oh, you know, ah, yeah, you know, I'll stick, with it. I'll stick with it. I like it. It's gonna say it's already written on the paper, so it's too late. Too late. All right. Next up, Texans Titans Titans minus ten and a half. Jackson, who you got? Take the Titans, but yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I like the Titans in this game, too. Yeah, I like the Titans, too, obviously. All right, Colts, Bills, Bills minus seven and a half. Yeah, this one's interesting. The half is interesting. That The little hook there. Uh... 
I this one is rough. I am down bad trying to think about this one. Oh god. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Fuck go you. ahead and lock in Colts plus seven and a half. It was seven. I would have left it alone, but seven and a half is too good. You're honestly, a dude, they're taking the Packers, buddy. Do you realize, dude? Fuck you both. Fuck honestly. Shut up, bitch. You don't hey, even have last hey, the priority. The Chiefs are still up there. Yeah, you have all options now. I wasn't last this week. Finally, dude. I was like, there's no way anyone picks Colts plus seven and a half. Well, you're stupid for thinking that, you idiot. <laughs> I hope the Colts lose. I like them, but I hope they lose. I mean, they're plus you know, seven and a half. Reason, so. Give me the Bills. Okay. All right. Lock Dolphins, the Jets. Dolphins minus three. Uh, Yeah, give me the Dolphins. They're playing a lot better football recently. Give me the Dolphins. Give me Zach Wilson. Is he starting? I don't know, but I'm betting it's not Mike White. <laughs> It'll probably be Zach Wilson. All right. Saints, Eagles. Eagles minus a point and a half. Yeah, this one I'm kind of surprised with. I actually like the Saints in this one. Uh, the Eagles have been a pretty solid team this year, but the Saints, I mean, I defensively are – Did you? Can I what did you realize? Underdog of the week? You can, yeah. Okay. No! No, you already went past it! Oh, no, that's true. No! No! Not anymore. You could have, but not anymore. Fuck! I thought that rule was like – I thought that rule was like – Anyone touches a game, you can't do it. But then I realize you, we have the lock and underdog sometimes. Too late now. Fucker. Yep. God Move damn. on. All right. What game are we on? Uh, we were on Saints-Eagles, and I said that I think the Saints will win. Give me the Eagles. <laughs> Fuck it. I hope the Colts lose. To, can I take him underdog of the week? Yeah, give me the Eagles as well. Fuck you. All right, 49ers, Jags. 49ers minus six and a half. Ooh, that's a lot of points. I like the Niners to win this one, but I think the Jags might cover. There's no way the Jags cover this. Give me 49ers. I'll take the 49ers, I suppose. However, I think the Jags might make it a little interesting. Not going to lie to you. I just realized I just fucked myself for underdog of the week. Oh my Shut up, god. Josh. Yeah, Josh, oh that's because you're bad at God. I either have to pick the fucking football team or the fucking Giants. Yep, good job, idiot. Pick the Giants. It is Daniel Jones on the road in prime time against Tom Brady. But football Brady. team Panthers, <laughs> Panthers minus three and a half. Uh, yeah, give me Cam in the revenge game. I like him. Yeah, I'll take Cam as well. This is some stupid shit. Like, I'm going to pick football team underdog of the week, but I think the Panthers win. Well, usually underdog of the week, you don't pick who you necessarily think is going to win. Yeah, wouldn't you pick who you think is going to win? Whatever. I can't. I'm, it's, I'm taking the L on underdog of the week this week is what I'm trying to say. Well, that's you should have been smarter about it, buddy. I would have fucking realized I could have picked the Colts. I god damn it. Alright. We're Bengals, Raiders, Bengals minus a point. 
I like the Bengals. Raiders are falling apart right now. I like the Bengals too, but I think both teams are falling apart. It'll be a close game. I like the minus one. Just give me the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Raiders. All right, Cardinals, Seahawks. Cardinals minus two and a half. Kyler Murray is a game time decision along with DeAndre Hopkins, I'm assuming. I actually like Seattle in this game. Desperation yeah. time for the Seahawks. At home, they need a win badly. And even if Murray plays, he's coming back after missing a few weeks. We've seen with Wilson and Rodgers last week that when you're out for a little bit, your rhythm and your timing's off. So I think the Seahawks get a much, much needed win. Yeah, I really wish this line was plus three, but fuck you, Bovada. Um, give me, give me the Cardinals, if Kyler plays, obviously. John, all right, uh, I'll take the Cardinals as well. All right, Cowboys, Chiefs, Chiefs minus two and a half. Ooh, this one is tough. I think this is. It's kind of wild. We're two and a half point favorites versus the Cowboys, and we were two and a half point favorites versus the Raiders. Uh, uh, I do like the Chiefs in this one. I think last week was not a fluke. I think they win this game. It's a you know being at home obviously matters for Kansas City. Uh, I like the Chiefs to win a very very high scoring game. I think this one gets up there. The over under is fifty six. Give me Chiefs minus two and a half lock of the week. I'm actually this- forecast dominant Chiefs performance. So I. Honestly, you're was attending considered... the game, John. And last time you attended the game, didn't we lose? I mean, yeah, but like, it was, it was, it was the the pre-fixed Chiefs. Okay, they weren't fixed yet. Um, yeah. but no, I um, I am gonna take the Chiefs. I I like them a lot. I think that they're gonna do a similar performance to last week. I think it's gonna be more and more difficult to stifle the Chiefs' offense, given the way that they seem to have sort of figured out. How to beat those two deep looks a little bit. We'll see if that can continue this week. And we'll see if teams start getting forced out of it, maybe, if they can be effective enough. And that's where you maybe can expect seeing that older Chiefs style coming back. But we'll have to see what happens. Um, I, I do like them to win. And I, I actually think that it shouldn't be too high scoring. I think the defense will put up a solid performance as well. All right. Monday Night Football, Giants, Bucks, poor Daniel Jones. Two of his last three games have been on Monday Night Football against Mahomes and Brady. Bucks minus 11. Who you got, Jackson? Yeah, and not just the Mahomes and Brady, a pissed-off Mahomes and Brady. Uh, Tampa has to win this game. And like I said, they ter- they're terrible on the road this year, but they're the Super Bowl team at home this year. They have kicked everyone's ass home. Except for Dallas, they've kicked everyone's ass at home this year. I expect them to do the same. Uh, I-, I like them by a good amount in this game. All right. Daniel Jones on the road. I don't know what the stat is. They get no, he is good on the road. Break. They get their it doesn't team. even matter. He covers on the road for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. I'm going Giants. Fuck it. A win? Yeah. Then why didn't you get them underdog of the week, you moron? I don't know. This week has been a Josh is down bad tonight. Josh is down yeah, bad. Yeah, my brain's just not working. It's almost Thanksgiving break. We'll be back to like the old studio. Next week for one episode. The old stew. So, you know. <laughs> checking out. So I get it. Yeah. Mentally checked out. Yeah. yeah. So give me the Giants. Fuck it. I actually do like the Giants. I don't know why. Brady sucks ass. But I am going to watch right. Man in an Arena tonight. 
Yeah, well, uh, Tom Brady's not losing three games. Well, I was it's not say, happening. John, are you going to give us a prediction? Oh, the Giants. <laughs> yes. Both of you? Yeah, I know neither Giants of you. Giants on the road? Giants on the road, baby. No, I know neither of you actually believe that. All right, well, I'm winning my bet. All right. So. <laughs> Giants plus 395 isn't a bad bet. Yeah, that's the money line. So yeah, if you if you want to feel ballsy, go ahead and put some money down on that. Right. But I do not trust Daniel Jones. Uh, as we're closing to the end of this episode, there mm-hmm. is one thing and one thing only left to do. Oh, uh, we Two know. Things. Well, I know one of the things. What's one of the things, Jackson? <laughs> you go ahead and say it. I know what it is. It's race for the tenth seed, bitches. Absolutely. All right. We should have like a voice that's like race for the 10th seed or some shit like that. You can go on, uh, what's it called? There's a website where you can literally look up anything and they'll, and there's someone out there to do it for you. That'd be sick. Be Anyways, bad. yeah, give us the race for the 10th seed. All right, race for the 10th seed. In the 12th seed, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves at 4 and 9. In the 11th seed, we have the OKC Thunder at 5 and 8. And your 10th seed is the Sacramento Kings. They are uh, the another seed. week of being the 10 seed. All right. They're six right and there. Eight. Nine seed is the Portland Trailblazers at seven and eight. The Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies are the eighth seed at seven and seven. And the Lakers are the seventh seed at eight and seven. Weren't the Grizzlies? Nope, never mind. They were the nine last year. I was going to say. But yeah, Lakers aren't moving. Anthony Davis even said it. They suck. Um, yeah. Uh, when they don't have LeBron, they're pretty bad. And, yeah, no one cares about the Eastern Conference because it's only about the Western Conference because we will do race for yeah. the 10th seed every year until the Kings make it. <laughs> I, I, I hope that, like I've said in previous podcasts, I do hope that the 10th seed is the Kings this year. That would be okay, a lot of fun. but do we count if they get in the play-in? That's not a playoff appearance. No, they've got to make the playoffs. But that still would be fun if they were the 10th seed. I would still enjoy that. Yeah, I don't know if I would, because that would be two games of living hell. Probably one game. We wouldn't win the first game. What am I saying? Suck at basketball. Are you kidding me? The Kings are like the worst team in the NBA right now. would uh, be the actually, best thing in the world if it was Kings-Clippers 10-9. That would be beautiful. Well, what, if be it was Clippers. Clean, what if it was Kings-Clippers 10 versus loser of 7-8? Then there's real shit on the line. I just hope somehow Kings and Clippers face each other with a playoff spot on the line. You John, two would, you would be awesome. That game together, and you know, <laughs> you two would be hilarious. Win. Well, good thing the Clippers are better than that. They are the right now. They are currently. So, so yeah. So, yeah uh, D four of the week. Conzo Martin Jackson. You're just the whole Mizzou basketball program at this point. Uh, there's no Antoine other... Brookshire. I knew you were going to be ass anyway. So I'm not. You're not my D four. Yeah, Antoine Brookshire Has is even made shit. a basket. Nah, he eventually did, but yeah, he played like shit last night. John, who's yeah. your D Ford? I I saw him play in high school, and I was like, how the hell is this guy going to play for Mizzou? He's too small for an SEC basketball yeah. team. Oh, man. So who's, the four, who's the four-star we got next year? Uh, who the hell, bro? Aiden Shaw. He's like, Aiden Shaw, that's his name. Yeah, that is like the only hopeful thing. Do you know how much money we had to pay him to come to Mizzou? Like, who the fuck would do that? When your final yeah. schools are... Iowa State, I think, Kansas, Missouri, and, like, Oklahoma State. Yeah, no, I don't know what the hell – I don't know why any top prospect would go to Mizzou basketball in this current state. But, yeah, that is bizarre. Uh, I hate Mizzou basketball, and I hate Mizzou athletics, but that's all right. John, who's your D4? Um, Honestly, it was it Wisconsin, was Martin. I mean, like, yeah. it's uh, – what else is it going to be? 
I mean, right. yeah. I don't know how how much longer is this dude's contract? Uh, I can look that up real quick. Twenty twenty four. Son of a bitch. Wasn't it a seven? You've got to be contract? kidding me. Yeah, it was long. Piss, man. Ah, oh, God, why? I mean, this Come is on. the first full year of all Conzo Martin, and it has not been promising. It has not been at all. This is terrible, to say the least. So, so all right, yeah. that's been Primetime Kansas City. Once again, thanks to Tucker Franklin for coming on the podcast. See you guys on the next episode of Primetime Kansas City. But other than that, peace.